Today's episode of The Short Porch is brought to you by no one in particular, but we do have VJC calling in, Vinny J. Klinko, the shark, the host of Over the Top Sports. We'll preview Championship Sunday. He'll explain to me why I'm an idiot for betting against Tom Brady again, and uh, we'll also get into a little Yankees offseason, a little you Darvish talk. It's a good time of year. It should be fun. So stay tuned and giddy up. Give a little bit of that, a little bit of this, let them know, yeah. Shoggy. Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Original lover, lover. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Mm. Catch a groove, girl. Catch a groove. That's right. Shoggy. DJ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Short Porch Podcast. It is Sunday, January 21st, and it is Championship Sunday. Maybe the best day of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Football's Final Four at 3 p.m. Foxborough will host the annual AFC title game. The line is moving a bit now that it's been confirmed that Rex Burkhead split Tom Brady's hand open in practice on Wednesday, sitting at seven and a half right now. I don't know where it'll be before kickoff, but I have fallen right back into the trap. I am breaking rule number one for the billionth time in my life. It is literally the definition of insanity. Uh, I'm betting against Tom Brady in a postseason game. It just doesn't get any dumber than this, honestly. Um, I watched Brady walk up to that podium on Friday with his stupid gloves on. I watched him answer every question like Belichick, and I watched Adam Schefter tell me that it was an issue. And it all struck me as odd, out of the ordinary. And, and for one second, I thought, maybe there's something to this. And then I bet the Jags. And then two seconds later, I realized what an idiot I am. Last week, I took the plunge. I bet the Pats. I bet him 13 and a half. Game was a joke. Won easily. And I it just I just didn't enjoy the process. Winning is fun. Winning money's fun. But it it's it's poison for your soul to bet on a team that you don't care for. So I sat down yesterday and decided that somebody in this world has to stand up for something. Somebody has to stand up for good. Someone needs to be on the right side of history. And if the Jags somehow pull this off and clinch a Super Bowl berth, I'm not really sure I could live with myself having lost money because I bet on New England. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm taking the Jags, I'm taking the 7.5, and, and that's it. And as far as I'm concerned, there's like one way the Jags can cover this number. There's about a billion ways the Pats can boat race the Jags today. And, you know, the Jags defense, it's fine. It's good. They have no answer for Gronk. No answer for Deion Lewis. No answer for Brady if he's healthy, which I fully expect him to be. Stitches or no stitches, I'm sure he's going to be lights out. And and the Jags, they need a small miracle. They need to go into Foxborough with an extremely limited quarterback and ask him to make plays. There's just no way they're going to stay within striking distance in this game if, if Bortles doesn't make plays. I think he can get some open looks. I think Marone's a decent coach. He may be a good coach. And he certainly found plenty of open space last week in Pittsburgh. But this is going to be different. The Pats' defense doesn't scare me at all. So I think if Bortles has clean pockets to throw out of and, and the Jags can get some push on the line and run the ball, I think they have a puncher's chance. But if they turn the ball over, if they can't 
figure out how to keep the ball out of Brady's hands early, it's going to be a molly whopping. I don't care how good Jacksonville's defense is. The Pats are just a better team. They're better. The Pats' offense is a better unit, and we all know it. We've seen it a thousand times. So I'm hoping for the former. I would be stunned if the Jags won this game. I wouldn't be as stunned if they covered. Um, and I feel good. I feel good in my conscience that I'm betting on the Jags, but I don't feel good in the wallet bank account area. And uh, I think that's going to be an issue for me going forward. Uh, on the other side, the Vikings and Eagles... Uh, it's 6 o'clock, I think. Probably the two best teams in football all year. Um, now Nick Foles is in the mix, and that kind of ruins it. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for and taking the Vikings this week because I just think they're better. Um, I think home field plays a factor in this game, but on a neutral field, and the Super Bowl will be anything but a neutral field, obviously, if the Vikings win. But the, the Vikings have the best chance of beating the Pats. I think that's pretty clear. And uh, that's what I'm interested in seeing. But the Vikings' defense is going to have to travel here. Uh, They're going to have to get gritty, win a cold game in a hostile environment, and it's not going to be easy. Ultimately, I think the Eagles will have trouble running the ball, and Foles is is going to be a nightmare on third down against the Vikings if if they can't run the ball and he's in third and longs. I, I don't think they'll score more than 10, 13 points. But the Vikings have their hands full, too. Um, if Keenum, who's proven he's very decent, um, can make some plays to his guys and, and feed his best players like he usually does, and they can put up 20 points on the board, uh, they'll win, I think. Um, but enough about what I think. Let's go to our interview with the incomparable VJC of Over the Top Sports to get his perspective on everything. Let's go to VJC. What's shaking, brother? What's going on? How you doing? We're doing good. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, wonderful show this morning. Um, just a delight. Thank you. I just wanted to let you know that that's become like a staple in my morning. Like I have my coffee and my breakfast, and I sit here on Saturday and I watch over the top sports for an hour and a half. That's that's how I've been spending most of my day. So I just want to let you know the the impact that it's had on me personally. I'm very glad to hear that. I'm thankful. Let's just first before we talk about anything that's happening this weekend. Uh, I heard you say a couple of minutes ago that you, you wanted Hornacek next year. And I have to admit, after, like, last night, I don't know if I'm crazy about him anymore. Like, five minutes for Frankie. What did you like? I don't know. I just want, I want, to, I want to see Frankie Nicotine play. I just feel like that's, like, the most important thing, and he's not playing. Like, what, what do you think about that? That's true. The French Prince needs some more minutes, but... Um, I think he's going to get him after the All-Star breaks. I mean, Jared Jack's not a starting point guard in this league, and who knows if Frank is or not, but he's not getting the opportunity. I went Monday night for Knicks Nets, and he had a double-double. He looked pretty good out there. Uh, this guy could get those baby Jason Kidd triple-doubles if he was given the minutes, you know? Um, he definitely should be the starter, but um, in terms of everything, Hornacek got a nice win in Utah. It's not usually an easy place to play, especially for the Knicks in the road. Anyway, I was just like, I feel like it's kind of it kind of sucks that Hernan Gomez isn't playing and, like, you know, he was like a trade piece, and now, like, who knows what kind of value he has. He never There's got to be something up with him that he's not playing this year. Because, I mean, I thought he was going to be one of the bright spots this year after how he finished off last season. And he looked pretty good last year. And now he just never sees the court, ever. What could it so be? There's got to be something going on that we don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, okay, so championship weekend. Um, folks argue last weekend is, like, the best weekend of the year. You know, I think tomorrow is kind of like the best day of the year from a football-watching perspective. Where do you land on all that? Like, what 
what weekend, what day is your favorite to watch gamble on? Like, what is? Where do you stand on all that? Well, last weekend's probably the best because you have the Saturday and the Sunday. Now you just have the two Sunday, and you get your football throughout the weekend. But I mean, football's meant for Sunday. This is the big one. This is the big games here. Who's going to the Super Bowl? I like the championships better. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, I kind of feel the same way. So now I have a bone to pick with you, and I brought it up briefly earlier when I when I called into your show. But the thing, and it's with Giants fans in general. So let me start by saying I have nothing but respect for you as a fan. You are one of the most loyal, passionate, dedicated Giants fans on earth, as demonstrated by your propensity to travel around the globe to watch your team play. However, this notion that Giants fans, when the Giants season ends, you get to take off your Eli jersey and throw on a Pats jersey, and now every Giant fan in the world is a Patriots fan, it's so irritating, and it's irritating because it actually makes sense. You know why like, on earth would a giant fan hate the Patriots? Because it, ma- I know that's why it's so irritating. Because it actually makes so much sense. Like it's like with each Tom Brady playoff win or Super Bowl win, it just like further validates the Eli Super Bowls, and it's like this perfect storm of bullshit. And it just makes me want to puke. And you're, <laughs> and it's like you've, you've like you are the the uh, the reverend of the Church of Giants fans for Patriots, and it's like you know. Our boy Merck has caught on, and like everyone is like, that's kind of like the prevailing thought process for Giant fans, and it's like, it's never been well, more. Like you said, yeah, it, it only makes Eli look better that he's the only guy that's ever taken him down in these Super Bowls. And then if you're a better, how do you how do you hate this at all? I mean, this guy has been easy money in all these Super Bowls except for against my squad. It's just it's never been more apparent this year that it's never been more apparent than it's been this year. It's like it's. It just makes me sick. So, um, so heading it makes in, me sick. You actually catching on to the juice. You were actually on the fever <laughs> last week, and now you go back to your old ways, and it's just it's unacceptable, Mike. You're just never going to learn your lesson. You you need to get on train. Just join the bandwagon and stay there. It it didn't feel good. I mean, you know, it it does. I, like the the way you just watch this team operate like a machine and having a wager on it. It's so it's a warm feeling. But it also made me sick afterwards because I'm looking at a situation here where I don't think the Jags have a great chance to win, even before this whole thumb bullshit. But, like, if they ever did pull it off, I don't think I could live with myself sitting there feeling conflicted because I had money on the Pats. Like, it would just, it would be such a great moment and I wouldn't be able to take any any pride or, or fun in it if I didn't bet on the Jags. So that's partially what went into my thought process. The other thought process is... That I'm an idiot, and I watched Tom Brady walk up to the podium with gloves, and I watched Adam Schefter try to explain to me that it was a super, super serious situation, and I bought it, and I and I bought it, and now I'm sitting here. I bought it hook, line, and sinker, and now I'm sitting here with a pending bet on Blake Bortles in an AFC Championship game, and I'm and I'm an idiot, and that's and, and I accept that. Orenthal Simpson wore gloves too, and that proved to be irrelevant so Tom Brady's gloves during his press conference nothing to worry about you know what's fun winning money watching a game and winning money that I is know your blood is green but don't let that hurt your wallet all right so I know you're a big uh, disinformation believer like you're looking at a lot of these things as a non-story whether it's the thumb injury or the ESPN story spreads at seven seven and a half right now just tell me why the Pats are going to cover and why I'm an idiot for taking Jacksonville just tell me why 
be honest with you, uh, this situation, I really wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars cover because I'm a big backer in their uh, their defense. I believe in them big time. That's a great defense over there. And uh, we all know if Brady's rattled, he's just as like any other quarterback. He's a human being. If you get pressured, you're not going to throw the ball very well. But it's the Pats at home. I don't know if the Jaguars are ready for this kind of game. Uh, Pittsburgh, um, obviously winning at Heinz Field is a big deal over there. They look pretty damn good, but you know the strategy of pass. They're going to take Fournette out of the game. They're going to make Blake Bortles beat him. So the bottom line, it comes down to it. Tom Brady against the league's best defense will probably put up more points than a one-dimensional Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean, as good as Jacksonville's defense is, I mean, who's going to cover Deion Lewis? Who's going to cover Gronk? I mean, they're both balling out so hard right now. I just can't. Ramsey wants to cover Gronk. I can't. I know he's a good corner, but I mean, how do you just do that physically with how big Gronk is? I just don't even. There's just, just physically, it just doesn't make sense when you just talk about size, speed. Like it just, it doesn't add up. I know Ramsey's good, but you can't cover Gronk. You just can't do it by yourself. It doesn't it? You doesn't physically happen. can't do it. And Deion Lewis is like, he's like the best. He's the best running back in the game, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the, this game, like he's 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 crazy. He scores all the time when he's on the field. They're like. They have, they have this other element to them that they that they never really have had, and it's and it's like crazy to watch. But that's yeah, kind of turning the past rotation. I wonder if you're going to see some Rex Burkhead because he's the guy who actually hurt uh, Brady in practice. He's probably dead. I mean, they probably killed him and put him under the mass turnpike somewhere. He might. I don't. I, gonna, no, no way. If the Pats win the Super Bowl. They're going to chop off his uh, ring fingers so he doesn't. I'm <laughs> not able to put the Super Bowl ring on it. You see where I stand there. So let's let's talk a little bit about Vikings Eagles for a second. It's not as quite a com, um, as compelling as a game, even though it's a tight one. Uh, it's a closer spread. Seems like a tough pick. I saw you with your Moss jersey today. I'm assuming you're on the Vikings, given your fanhood. Am I safe in assuming that? And if so, are you betting with your heart or are you betting with your mind? Skull Vikings betting with the heart and the mind. I cannot bet on Nick Foles. The Vikings coming off a win like they had last week, the Minneapolis Miracle. You gotta ride their high right now. They're just riding way too high, and they they're feeling good. They have a more complete team. Their defense, uh, Philadelphia's defense is really really good, and I don't think they get enough love. But Minnesota's defense is just as good, better. And I can't see Nick Foles going to the Super Bowl at all. I cannot picture that. I'm gonna ride Case Keenum. He's been a great story. The Vikings are the better story. Going in there, having home field in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. You gotta ride the Vikings after that high. Are you concerned about like a hangover at all? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe the high is too high, honestly, and uh, maybe they have a big letdown now because now they feel like everything's coming to them. And um, who knows? Maybe they take a step back here, and it, it affects them in this game. And Philadelphia goes, but uh, I think the Vikings are going to ride fine. I think they're going to be good. It's been the year of Keenum, thirteen and three. Everyone talks about how good they are at home. They only lost two games on the road this year, too. Um, I'm riding these guys. Keenum is a wild man. I mean, he is he is tough, and he like is just he he does not care. He just he just tries to make plays. I think he's actually good, but I can see him. You you used to be down on this guy. You bet against him. You oh yeah, successfully over there, and uh, now he's I look at him. He's a legitimate quarterback. Yeah, he's legit. He's an asset. He's not like somebody they have to hide. Like he can make plays. Obviously, why you know, but um. I can see him having some trouble in this environment against this defense because, like, it's true. Like, Philadelphia has a good home field advantage. Like, they have loud fans. It's going to be cold. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a, a hostile environment for a guy who's... Ticket prices are outrageous over there, Philadelphia. Yeah. They're insane. Yeah. yeah. His standing room tickets are going for, like, 700 bucks. 
Well, it's a big, uh, you know, people forget. It feels like forever ago, but, like, this was the year of the Eagles, man. This was, like, you know, this was when they were going to do it and when they were going to get back to the Super Bowl. And, like, they're still just a win away, but it, it almost, they still feel like an afterthought just because of the quarterback situation. But, like, you know, within Philadelphia, I'm sure they have a giant chip on their shoulder and still, you know, and rightfully so because that, that team's good. Like, they are legitimately top to bottom. I, I think they're well coached. I don't really know. I don't really know how I feel about the head coach, but like, they have a really good team. He wears a visor. I don't. I usually don't like coaches with visors. You can't. You you, you can't can. trust them. But you know, this this could be a, a turning point in that in that whole narrative. Um, so I mean, the dog masks come off. I'm tired of the Eagles. I can't believe they beat Atlanta. I really thought Atlanta was going to win last week. Get rid of these stupid dog masks. I cannot see them in the Super Bowl. The Vikes got to win this game. Do you think who do you think has a better chance of beating the Pats? The Vikings. Yeah, for it's sure. It's a home game for them, and it's uh, they've just been riding really good off Keenum. He's actually a starting quarterback. This guy's a backup quarterback. I don't want to see a real backup quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the be- in the best interest of seeing the best game, the best game would be Vikings Pats. It just would. It would be like kind of like the two best stories, pretty much the two best teams. I think that would be the most compelling matchup. And I- also, as a, as a Giant fan, I only want Joey Hostetler to be the backup quarterback to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think anybody. Something to me. <laughs> no, nobody wants to see Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. It's just a fact. No. Like he's just, you know, stupid face. He's a statue. He doesn't do anything exciting. I mean, he hasn't been awful, but he's like really hard to watch because he's so stiff and boring and just unathletic. He's yeah, he's <laughs> an ugly. Like it's just it's a it's a bad situation. So yeah, I'm back. I'm back in the Vikings. Um, as much as I'd love to take a home dog in the NFC Championship game, it just like I, I think I think the Vikings I think that defense is going to travel, and I just think they're better top to bottom. It's going to be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a fun Sunday, that's for sure. Um. All right. So quickly, Can you imagine Blake Bortles versus Big Falls in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine if that happens? That's the thing that like scares me. Is like, I, of course, I want Jacksonville to win, and like, but. Even having Bortles in the title game is like okay. It's just does it's does not, the NFL. Does the NFL need the Patriots to win? Is the question. I don't think they're getting like all all this narrative about how they're getting like calls. They get every call. Like I don't buy that at all. I hate that stuff. I hate the complaint about the officials, which is going on insane in the NBA this week. But oh, I, how, I hate all that kind of stuff. On a side note, what was the, what was the line for the for the game the other night against Memphis, the Nick game? The Knicks are getting five and a half. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how that stuff works out. It's crazy. Yeah, but Vegas is pretty good at what they do, that's for sure. All right, so um, before we go, I wanted to ask you how you felt about this prospective hire of Pat Shermer um, with the G-Men. Uh, he's done an awesome job. That offense looks really good. They lost their starting QB. They lost their running back. They've been great. He's cultivated Case Keenum into a really like decent quarterback, at least. And I think I would like it if I were a Giants fan. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, just look what the Vikings did this year, that offense. Like you said, they they went to the backup quarterback, and he, this backup quarterback made Adam Thielen a star this year. Uh, Thielen never had good numbers till this year. He's been in the league for like four years. He was actually on the playoff game where they where Walsh missed, that, uh, missed the field goal against Seattle. Yeah. And uh, no one really even heard this guy's name until this year. So doing that without Dalvin Cook, doing that without Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he seems to have a good offensive mind. I'd rather an offensive coordinator than a defense coordinator, considering the Giants might be drafting a quarterback at the number two spot that make him come in there and bring a young kid into the offense like that. So I'm all cool, uh, Pat Shermer. I actually kind of wanted to hire him now. 
I think anytime you get an offensive mind as a head coach, it's just more exciting. It just is. It's it, it you know, because the the biggest thing is just developing young QBs and putting together an offensive scheme that works and that makes sense and it's well prepared and like that's what that's what offensive guys do and just they they, they seem to pan out more often than the defensive guys. So I would I would be I'm excited. With you. Yeah, for sure. So, um, last thing before you go, this whole you Darvish thing, and basically the, the baseball free agency market um, at large. I was reading a Jeff Passan the other day, and he was talking about the Yankees and the luxury tax, and he was making the case as to why they ought to consider going over it, and if they can sign one of these guys at a bargain price. And I agree. Like I don't like I don't like you Darvish. Like do you? I don't, I'm not I'm not crazy about you Darvish. I like you, Darvish. He's a big strikeout pitcher, but you know what? He doesn't win a lot of games, and he's always had a good lineup over there in Texas. Um, and he's thirty-one. I, not for the not for the price. I don't like him. I mean, I would take him as a third starter for the Yankees. I think that'd be great, but not for the price that he's looking for. That proposed contract, I would not like that. Oh no, for sure not. If that if that if that's legit, I would. You know, I mean, as long here's the thing, like. As long as they're, as long as it doesn't preclude them from going after Machado next year, which it would if they plan on, you know, staying under the luxury tax, and right. it, it just, you know, as long as it doesn't keep them from doing other things, I'm fine at them throwing money at at players to help make this team better. But I mean, if they can get him at a bargain, like five years, hundred million, like who knows where this market is going to take these players? Like, I wouldn't mind going after him. I guess, like, he's not my favorite guy. Um, he was atrocious in the World Series. He has an injury history, but I think that you know, if they can get him at a bargain, I I believe that the Yankees will kick this luxury tax thing to the curb, despite how much they've talked about it and how it's a mandate. I think if they look at an opportunity to get him on a bargain, I think they'll I think they'll do it. I mean, why not? And it's kind of a little blanket in case CC does suck, because I know he came out really strong last year. He had a really good season for us, but he, he's still old, you know? And what if he goes down? What if he gets hurt? What if he doesn't pitch the way he did last year? Then our rotation looks really, really weak. And I kind of like the open fifth spot right now, whether it be Montgomery or one of the kids, Sheffield or Adams, or if they sign somebody like that. I kind of like the little battle they have going on for it. They don't really need to rush for any of that, but if they get Darvish there, they can actually sit back and lean back and be a more comfortable spot than they are. It's a safety net, even though I'm perfectly fine with this rotation as presently constituted. I am. Me too, I, and I know you're big on Chad Green maybe even getting that fifth spot. Well, no, I just think that it's when you're talking about the fact that they, you know, you're talking about a fail-safe. You're talking about backup plans in case one of the starters either doesn't perform, gets hurt, whatever it is. And the I just like the idea that Chad Green is an option and that he's there and the Yankees have options. Like, between... The two kids and Adams, Sheffield, and and Green being there, and you know any number of other options that there are. I like I like the idea that the Yankees have options right now, and that it's not contingent on bringing in you Darvish. Like if they if something happens to Cece, if Montgomery for some reason you know regresses, like the Yankees have options. But they would probably like to bring up Adams and Sheffield at a, at their own pace and not be forced to put them in a major league situation. Yeah, definitely. But it's the, it's there. Like it's you know it's not the end of the world. The sky isn't falling if one of these guys falters. And you know what? This this rotation is underrated. It really is. I agree. I really do. Especially the Tanaka last year in the postseason. He was awesome. He looked like the ace we were expecting out of him. 
And he had a, and you know what? He, I mean, he had a really atrocious start to the year last year. But you know what? He got he in the, strong. He finished strong in the second half. He was great in the playoffs. Severino was great in the playoffs. I mean, he got, uh, I mean, outside of the wild card game. But like, you know, there there isn't any reason to think that Tanaka and Severino can't be as good or better than they were last year too. I mean, and I like Sonny at a three. As he's a, a, pretty, he's, a, great, good pitcher for he's a kid still. Like he's still under, under you know team control. Like he's you know he's got room to get better too. So I I don't know. I forget that he he got off to a rough start with the Yanks. Like he pitched well, but they just weren't scoring runs for him in the beginning. He's tough. I like him. He's a he's a guy who can even get better also. So you know, I'm all That's for a big game in sports too. It's a complicated situation, but luckily we have the premier sports executive. Uh, at our disposal, making those decisions, and I trust him implicitly to to make the right decision. So how could you not? Right now, I mean, he's been tremendous. Yeah, it's gonna be it's exciting stuff. All right, well, that is just about it. Um, thank you for your, for for coming on and having a, a conversation with me. Um, when is your show gonna be this week? Is it is it Monday? Yeah, every Monday and, uh, and Saturday. Monday it's seven to eight. And you got Jason Grimsley coming on. Jason Grimsley. I cannot wait right. for that. Like, are you are you going to hammer him on the on that story? Yeah, and I think we even got a Mission Impossible thing to play in the background when we ask him. I hope it doesn't throw him off. Oh my god, I can't wait. That's going to be great. All right, man. I'll yeah. talk to you later. All right, you have me on anytime you want. Hit me up. Peace. Take it easy. Big thanks to VJC for joining us. Hopefully, we can turn this into a fairly regular thing. Thanks to everyone who's listened today. I hope it wasn't a complete waste of your time. Uh, tune in next episode whenever that may be. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'll be sure to let you know. Au revoir.